This is Ox Pinoy Radio, hosted by Roland Imperial and Nicole de la Cruz. Welcome back to Ox Pinoy Radio. I'm Roland Imperial and here with me again is Nicole de la Cruz. Hi everyone. Hi, Nicole. And we're now down to our last episode, our fourth and final episode yes. for this season. Well, I hope there's going to be a second season. <laughs> I hope so too. We've done a good job, I think. Yeah. So our episode for today is about satellites um, that are being developed by the Department of Science and Technology in the Philippines, and in, in particular, the Philippine Space Agency, which is a pretty new agency. It was established in 2019, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. See, I think this is really cool. Um, I think that we've seen in the news recently with Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson kind of having their own, essentially like their own individual space race. You know, it's a competition between billionaires and who can afford it and who can build the, essentially a vanity project, who can build the most yeah. amazing rocket and then just fly off into space. Um, during a pandemic, during a climate crisis, a lot of it is very out of touch with the real world. Whereas I think interviewing um, these scientists about satellites and their work more generally speaking, I think it's really encouraging to see um, scientists from the global south developing their own space program um, and kind of working as Filipinos. I think that's the one thing I got from the interview. There was a real sense of pride um, in their work. Yeah. It's it's really disheartening to see you know these billionaires um, spending billions of dollars in their vanity projects, as you said. Um, but it's also really heartening to know that there are dedicated scientists and engineers, especially from the Philippines, who are working very hard to develop uh, the country's own space program. And uh, it's very exciting to know that there is this thing that's going on right now, despite you know, despite all the bad news and bad stuff that's yeah. happening around the world yeah. today. And so uh, we've got five guests today, and they're all part of the Mula, uh, uh, the Mula uh, engineering team. Mula is basically the latest satellite that's being developed by the Department of Science and Technology, or DOSD. And so we're very happy to have them today. Uh, they're all currently based in Guildford. Um, I think at the at this time they're back in the Philippines, uh, but they're going to be returning to the UK to continue their program. And without further ado, um, let us welcome them uh, in today's episode. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ox Pinoy Radio. Joining us today, we have a few scientists um, who are here to tell us a little bit about their project, um, which is all to do with satellites. As Nicole said, we've got a bunch of Filipino scientists who came all the way from the Philippines, and they're currently here in the UK, uh, in Guildford. And uh, maybe you would like to introduce yourselves first, and maybe this, tell us more about the scope of your job as part of the Mula engineering team. Uh, maybe, Lur, you can start. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm John Lur Labrador. I'm the project manager of the Mula Satellite Project. Basically, my job is to ensure that the project will be delivered on time, on the agreed-upon quality, and especially on the agreed-upon cost. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, in a nutshell, my, my job is to ensure that everything's going well. Uh, I have with me a team of 
very good engineers and scientists. Uh, we will then introduce themselves. Okay. Jenny, you want to? Yeah. Oh. Hello. I'm Julie Ann Banato. I'm the systems engineer of the Mula Satellite and also acting as the technical lead of the group. Um, basically, my job is to make sure that all the subsystems of the satellite will work together as expected. And also, we also do the concept of operations of the satellite. Uh, this entails how the satellite will be operated on a day-to-day -day basis when it is already launched into orbit. And then um, ensuring that the satellite is designed in such a way that it will be able to do everything that is meant to do. So yeah. That's my Thank part. you. All right, who's next? <laughs> okay, maybe I can go put in. So, uh, hi, I'm Manu Del Rosario. So, I work for I work as a the uh, attitude and orbit control and sis, orbit control systems hardware engineer. So, basically, if you're trying to um, control the orientation of the of the Satellite, that's part of my job. I'm supposed to um, ensure that the hardware or the physical uh, sensors and actuators that uh, would control that uh, satellite uh, has been gone through, uh, has been verified, tested, accepted over and over again before it was launched. So that's my main role. Yeah. And yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Thanks. So, I am Josh Rodriguez. I'm the flight software engineer of Mula, and um, my task mainly with the satellite um, with the satellite is to just ensure that the software would be running even though um, it faces it it continuous continuously um, is bombarded with radiation and so much more. So, um, basically, making sure that it operates. Um, it operates continuously, um, and and even though it is far away, we can still um, program it in such a way that uh, we can check every time that the satellite is um, doing okay and update um, the satellite um, on what what would be its mission, what would be its next mission, and so on and so forth. So that's it. And yes. one more guy. And hello. So uh, they all have fancy descriptions. <laughs> my, uh, so I'm Edgar. I'm the mechanical analysis engineer. So my background is mechanical engineer. Basically, I just want to make sure that the satellite will survive the ride to space. And that's it. So yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. And the rest is their job. <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is a very important thing, right? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Right. Lur, maybe you can mention the other roles. There are. Yeah. So, for for this particular phase, there are thirteen of us, uh, engineers. Nine are in Guildford, UK right now, as as Rome mentioned a while ago. Uh, unfortunately, the the four weren't able to make the trip, but they're still uh, doing their jobs as as the the subsystem leads of their particular satellite subsystems. So for example, other uh, engineers are focused on the RF, the radio frequency, basically ensuring that whatever data we capture in space will be brought to the ground 
through radio frequency, through a wireless link. Uh, another important role is uh, thermal uh, engineering, which ensures that the satellite is a harsh environment, uh, the space is, the outer space is a harsh environment. And really, we want to make sure that for the satellite, we have a designed lifespan of five years. We want to make sure that at, it will survive for at least five years. So mm. there will be a lot of uh, peaks and troughs in, uh, in terms of the temperature. For example, if it's facing the sun, then you can expect temperatures are of up to London levels, maybe, right now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Much more than that, around 60 degrees. Wow. Uh, and if, if you go on the other side, you can go as low as 20 degrees. And that's wow. in a matter of 90 minutes. So you have that fluctuation of temperature from very hot to very cold in a very short span of time. And you have to make sure that, that the spacecraft survives that. So th those are some of the roles that uh, our team is... Uh, currently working on making sure basically the satellite works in space whatever edgar brings up to space then we can <laughs> then we can uh, make use of it to its fullest capacity so edgar is in charge of the the payload basically like how much how much uh, you can you can put in the satellite uh, so my role is more of the structural side and uh, I also have actually another colleague. Uh, so the mechanical systems is divided into mechanical design and mechanical analysis. Analysis, I do simulations. So as we know, rockets are uh, a chaotic environment. So I make sure that the satellite and its components uh, survives that chaotic environment. The design, uh, on the other hand, uh, deals with uh, uh, doing the manufacture, uh, design to manufacture. So they're uh, in charge with plate. Uh, placing the placement of components, uh, balancing uh, where uh, where what component uh, will be placed on the satellite, and yeah, we work together as a team. Uh, so that and once uh, it is launched, so we did uh, it is launched and then operates successfully. That's ninety percent of our job finished. So yeah, <laughs> this this is all really interesting to to me and Nicole because we we. I mean, I would like to call myself a social scientist and, and Nicole is, you know, is a historian and we have, we know absolutely nothing about all of these things. So this is really interesting to, to hear. Uh, although many of us here in Oxford know a little bit about satellites because we see them in movies and, and things like that. And we know that satellites serve many uses, such as taking images of the Earth from outer space. Mm -hmm. uh, they also play an important role in communications technology also in surveillance, using GPS. Uh, so we were just interested to know more about the general features of the spacecraft. Uh, what is the pr primary function of MULA and how is it different from the previous satellites that have been initiated by the DOST's uh, PHL uh, Microsat program? Yeah, so for, for background, the project goes way back to 2015. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's that's when PHL Microsat was conceived. Uh, the project started off with developing two very small satellites. Yeah. Very small in a way that when we compare it to the ones we see in movies, when it's it's much bigger than humans, this one can fit in a luggage. Mm -hmm. uh, check in luggage even. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we initially made two satellites of those sizes. Uh, those satellites are involved in taking photos of the Philippines on a regular basis. So it's an Earth observation satellite. That's that's the generic term for it, and that's also what we're building right now. Uh, to to understand the reason why we're building Earth observation satellites, then we go a little bit further back to when uh, Typhoon Yolanda or Typhoon Haiyan, if if you're familiar with it, struck the Philippines uh, years before when the satellite was conceived. It's one of the most damaging typhoons in recorded history, at least in the Philippines, if not in the entire world. We weren't really prepared to gather information by ourselves in terms of the situation of uh, the surrounding area of those who are most badly hit by the typhoon. We're not ready to give out information to the rescuing parties on where they might be located and so what the government did back then was they hired an airtime of an existing satellite. Uh, now I forgot what which satellite company it was, but they basically hired the satellite for a few hours or uh, half an hour to capture images of the Philippines. And they realized that it costs way too much. <laughs> Uh, it costed us millions of dollars just just to have that opportunity to capture those images. And so they we have these photos and we we moved on, if if I may say that to from from the typhoon. But those from DOST realized that there's something here in in taking photos from outer space, especially if we have the capability to command our own spacecraft and do it on our own, then in the long run, we won't need to hire or rent the time of commercial satellites. We can just build our own and at the same time train Filipinos uh, who will build the satellite and maybe uh, being optimistic about it, those who are trained will share their knowledge back in the Philippines and build a larger industry around this uh, Satellite technology, the, the whole satellite technology uh, drive, if if I may call it that. And so, going back, Diwata One and Diwata Two satellites were conceived in Japan. Uh, we partnered with universities from Japan, particularly Tohoku University in Sendai and Hokkaido University in in the northern area of Japan. So we were able to launch two satellites. Uh, back in 2016 and 2018. So the first satellite that we launched is uh, has already returned back to Earth. So it burned up in the atmosphere. It's a 50-kilogram satellite. It's interesting because it was brought to the International Space Station, if you're familiar with that. It's like the this big laboratory in space. Yeah. Uh, since it's our maiden voyage to outer space then we wanted to pick the the most secure way to bring a cargo up to space and so we we put that satellite together with astronaut food and <laughs> <laughs> put it there as a cargo as a delivery 
to the to the ISS, and the astronauts basically loaded it uh, in a dock and pushed it out <laughs> of the ISS mm. in a spring-loaded mechanism, and it was an exciting time because it was also a British astronaut, right? Yeah, team, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think team it was Peak. Team Team Peak. Uh, it, he's a uh, famous in in the UK and among the uh, space enthusiasts as as one of the astronauts back then in in the ISS. He he took this magnificent shot of Diwata One being released from the ISS, and so Diwata One continued to take photos of our country and also other countries uh, as part of this experimental satellite. It's our very first satellite we didn't really yes we hoped that it would be commercial grade commercial grade in a way that uh, it can perform as or to an extent similar to the satellite we originally hired or rented but being re realistic about it it's it's the first step and so we 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 really expected problems or challenges along the way the, there were problems but it was a very good learning uh, experience for all of us. And so we launched Diwata 2 uh, shortly after two years. Uh, it's much better than Diwata 1, if, if I may say. <laughs> uh, all of us, uh, most of us here worked on it as well. And this one provided more regular images of the Philippines. But then again, since it's only a 50 kilogram satellite similar to the size of Diwata 1 then the the leap in capacity or uh, capability isn't really that much since we're constrained by the 50 kilogram limit and so uh, the long story ended up today <laughs> we're here because we're building a commercial grade satellite right now uh, we're expecting it to be between 130 kilograms to 150 kilograms. So we're able to fit a lot more equipment. Uh, we're able to fit a bigger camera, which is important here because the generally the bigger the camera that you have, the better the resolution will be hmm. uh, on the ground. So that's that's one of the advantages that we have right now. And also we will be able to fit uh, a ship tracking uh, sensor so we can track the movement of ships in and out of the country around the country uh, anywhere where the satellite is uh, at the moment uh, we also have a plane detector basically the same way as how the ship detector functions but for aircrafts and so we we hope that this particular project will will move us closer to that a realization of having our very own commercial satellite. And the, the important goal also here is bringing it back to the Philippines and creating an industry around it. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think, um, you know, there aren't that many, um, the Philippines doesn't really get that much coverage in terms of its scientific achievements. And I think it's really cool that you guys are kind of shedding light on all of the recent developments. Um, I think it's really interesting as well that this seems to be a really collaborative project. You know, you've worked with various universities across Japan and now with Surrey. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how that collaboration works on an international level. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But first, I have to add, uh, Lure, J- Lure here has worked with all of the satellites so far, Diwata 1, Diwata 2, and now Mula. So basically, this is his third satellite <laughs> that he will make. So yeah, so he's the leading, I think, <laughs> for the Philippines. Anyway, yeah, so for collaboration uh, uh, process, yeah, at first we, so as Lure mentioned, we are, the Philippines uh, tried to look for solutions uh, using satellite technology. And unfortunately, uh, uh, because of one reason or another, no, 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 nothing of that technology, nothing of that capability and knowledge exist, existed in the Philippines before. Like for example, me, I, during my education in UP, we really did not talk about space, space technology, space environment at all. So what we did is to look outward to find that uh, partners uh, in, in the global community. And then uh, DOSC at that time saw Japan as a viable partner where uh, they, they, they offered a, a sort of a stepping stone or a first step in space, which is a, a, a small 50 kilogram microsatellite. And uh, with, in, in that collaboration, so aside from making the satellite itself, uh, we were uh, we also sent some Filipino scholars uh, there. So they are scholar, scholars of the UST and the, uh, and other programs in of the Philippines. So uh, we took uh, I, I me Julie and Lure was part of the, those team of scholars. We took our masters uh, in space engineering over there, and while we we were doing our masters, we also get to build that satellite uh, with Japanese uh, mentorship, Japanese uh, uh, guidance. So uh, basically, uh, our professors, our senseis, as we call them, uh, taught us how to make the satellite. Uh, taught us everything we need to know uh, to start, and yeah, I think it was a fruitful collaboration in which. Both uh, the universities and the Philippines uh, have benefited from the Diwata satellites, uh, where we we were also able to get that uh, first first-hand knowledge, and we were, were also get that uh, starting point to kick off our own uh, step, uh, our own uh, capability in space. And then right now, uh, as our next step, uh, we want to make it. Uh, into a higher level. Just as Lure mentioned, we want to get that commercial grade uh, capability, commercial grade uh, space products so that it can be uh, uh, readily used, m- much more uh, readily used by the Philippines. And we searched, uh, and our company here, uh, Surrey Satellite Technology, uh, provided a, a good uh, uh, solution for that. So. It's a bit similar to uh, what we had in Japan, where uh, we also sent Filipinos. Uh, so that's why our team is here. We are also here to learn with our, uh, this time, British mentors. And we get to learn their uh, design philosophy, their engineering practice, and all that. And at the same time, we get to make our own satellite. So uh, I think that's our, our, our first steps and hopefully that will uh, uh, get the ball rolling uh, to have our uh, indigenous capability for the Philippines. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, also, for the benefit of our listeners then, when you talk about kind of commercial grade satellites, what's the difference between that and uh, other forms of satellite? 
I, I don't really think there's there's a, a formal definition from it, but from from what the project understands, it's something that we are sure we'll get an information out of, and we're sure that information is something that we can use right away. Mm. So that's that's some sort of uh, the the definition that that we're basing it on, uh, as compared to. The first two satellites, which we tagged as experimental satellites, yes. made from research labs, basically. So, so this one is, uh, if oh, if you okay. put an uh, a rate on on the probability of yeah. failure, then this one should be very small. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of usability of the data yeah. that that we'll get from it, it yeah. should be very high. Yeah. Maybe our satellite. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe our systems engineer have something to add. Oh yes, please. I may add that there's a baseline performance. So at least for this satellite, we know, uh, like on a day-to-day -day basis, we know the expected um, uh, amount of data that we are expected to capture of the Philippines. We know the expected GSD. So all of these, there are baseline requirements for these, and it, it is expected that this will be met. In our previous satellites, uh, there was not really that uh, baseline um, metrics for us to gauge the performance like of the standard, satellite. Right? Yes, it like just, a standard. It was just so, meant for uh, I mean, that's the flight. main difference. Mm -hmm. We just, okay. basically, we want to make a satellite that, that can do multiple things. Yes. A reliable satellite. That a reliable can... satellite that can do just more than just more than just taking pictures, but can also do surveillance and can also pinpoint precise locations on the ground. So that's well, kind of they're both doing those things, but uh, the difference is the reliability and the quality of the images. Hmm. Oh, right. Well. You spoke about um, you spoke a little bit about like the different cultures and and the different manufacturing um, processes that you've gone through working with different international institutions. I wondered what it was like since arriving in the UK, you know, because you guys have come here in the middle of a global pandemic. So doing your work and your research is not only difficult in and of itself, but what is it like during a global pandemic? Uh, it's not very fun. <laughs> as, as I mentioned earlier, we're supposed to be 13 in our group, but only nine, unfortunately, was able to make it. Uh, we're able to make it. <clears throat> the four uh, engineers who were back home, uh, Floyd, Kenneth, uh, Adrian, and Achong, they had their visas ready. Uh, they're just waiting for deployment, but then uh, the United Kingdom put the Philippines in the On COVID the red. red list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if you remember, it was this was uh, back in April, right? Yeah, yes. April nine to be exact. Yeah. April nine, four a.m. <laughs> if if I'm if, if I remember it correctly, it's April eight. We we arrived. April eight. April eight. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we just barely made it. So we had to redo our, all our plans in, in a very short span, two days. We have to book our accommodation. We have to uh, book our flight tickets. Basically, what we were preparing for, for many months, boiled down to two days. <laughs> so we, we had to rush uh, our way here. And 
in, in the airport, I, I know it's uh, it might be normal for for those entering uh, England or UK. We we passed through Heathrow Airport. We had to queue for more than three hours. Hey, Amen. <laughs> with with all these uh, requirements coming from us, uh, yeah, it, it it's crazy. I won't recommend it <laughs> to to other projects to to start on the middle of a pandemic. But uh, I hope things will get better, and more importantly, uh, I hope we can adjust around it since. I think in the foreseeable future, this will be the new so normal. And since uh, we're planning on the next phase for this project, then I hope we can we can adapt and learn from what we went through, through uh, from this phase. Well, yeah. while while you've been adapting through this phase, have you have you enjoyed yourselves uh, in England at least? Have you have you been traveling around? Have you explored much of? The English countryside. What have you been doing aside from your jobs? Very much. I think uh, Manuel has a lot to add to this. But <laughs> just to start, <laughs> why me? But, no, but but we traveled a lot, definitely. Yeah. Um, just to start, I, I think we are fortunate enough to be here during summer, spring um, and summer, so we we can make the most out of daytime. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not not good on the opposite uh, side of the spectrum. When we can only have uh, how many hours? Ten hours of of sunlight, but but now we're enjoying it, especially right now, since yeah. it's just like the Philippines. It's like we're back home. Yeah, the temperature is uh, <laughs> really harsh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, we we've, we've also went through a lot of places. Uh, Manu, where where did we? Where, where did we? Which, go? which one did you enjoy the most? I would say the Harry Potter one. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've been to different places, like the countryside, of course, uh, but in like big cities, like uh, big, bigger than normal cities, like uh, Bath and I think Oxford. We visited Oxford as well. So pretty much every place that we you can think of, there's a common touristy place here in England and soon we'll be like going we're going to have a trip in Scotland as well so we try to maximize our, our, our time here while we're here in the UK yeah yeah work-life balance is important right of course <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, for the benefit of Nicole and uh, and our listeners, so Manu and I go go back many many years already. Like we've been friends for a long time since Singapore back in 2013. So I, I know Manu Manu is roughly my age. So I know that this is a young group of scientists and engineers. Um, and Lur, you've been you've been the project manager for for three. Three projects now, right? Just for this one. Yeah, uh, just for this one. But you've been working yeah. on it. So, how does it feel like to have this young bunch of scientists and engineers working on a very important project uh, for for the Philippines? Uh, I think it's it's my first uh, first job to be on the admin side of things. I, I've been working on the technical aspects of building satellites for the longest time since. Since I started, since I graduated, essentially, uh, and I think I'm I'm really lucky that that I have this group of guys with me 
uh, who've been through a lot and they're really experts in their fields. Uh, for for reference, we've received close to a thousand applicants, if wow. I'm not mistaken, for 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 this uh, for the 13 roles, and we ended up with with these guys. So that that already says a lot about about uh, their quality. And uh, that's that's my initial thought. But having worked with them on a daily basis, it, it's it's something that I just confirmed. Uh, I, I, I hope... Uh, confirmed what? Confirmed the positive <laughs> or <a> negative? <laughs> positive, of course. <laughs> uh, of course, challenging days are ahead. Uh, we're just in the initial phase of building the satellite. We're in the design phase. We're still yet to enter the actual testing uh, when we can touch the satellite components physically and shake it as much as we can to ensure that it will reach outer space, as, as Cap mentioned, uh, Caps mentioned a while ago. But yeah, uh, tougher days are ahead, but I, I'm confident that uh, with, with this group of guys, uh, hopefully I, I, can, I can ensure the success of the project, yeah. uh, especially the deliverables and the expectations being set upon us by, by our countrymen. Yeah, our, our team is very young and I and I just want to give a shout out to also to Nathan, who's our very own Bunso here. He just graduated from college and now this is his first job. So that was like us even are amazed, like, wow, you're very, very young. <laughs> so yeah. That's very impressive. Very, very impressive, yeah. Well, Mula is a, definitely a huge milestone for, for DOST and the Philippine Space Agency. And uh, your your satellite is expected to launch in 2023. Uh, barring any other issues, um, where do you see yourselves after the completion of this project? And what do you think is the next milestone for yourselves and the space agency? I know you've mentioned something about um, creating an in a space industry back home. Is that part of your uh, vision uh, for the medium term or the long term? Yeah, I let the... Caps uh, okay. talk about Edgar talk about uh, the Philippine Space Agency later. <laughs> his yeah. he's uh, the only guy in the group that's currently employed by the Philippine Space Agency. So uh, he can he can speak for uh, for for Philsa. That's All right. what you call it. But as as for for us, uh, once we complete the satellite, we expect that. We can build it again back in the Philippines. But of course, once we're there sitting sitting on our desks, uh, thinking about the design of the satellite that we'll be building in the Philippines, the next question that we'll have is, where will we buy the parts? So the important uh, aspect of, of that one is, hopefully, we can buy it in the Philippines. <laughs> Number one, so it will be cheap, and number two, it can contribute to the economy of our country. Uh, that's that's what we're seeking to achieve. Uh, we're we're trying to push, in a good way, our agenda in in the various industries in the Philippines. Especially, we have a strong electronic sector, which is very much a part of satellite building. We also have a strong aerospace sector in the Philippines. But right now, they're more focused on building other stuff other than satellites. 
but hopefully in the future, once we go back and they see the benefit, hopefully they see the benefit of what we're doing, they'll be more enticed to sell to us and uh, to actually develop. develop products that we can use. Yeah, there is space grade, as we might say. Yeah, space grade is, is uh, it's, it's one of the things that, that has changed in, in our experience here in, in uh, UK. Uh, since slowly the lines between the stuff you can order from an electronics store and something that is space grade, that line is slowly blurring. <laughs> mm. As as we're as space launch is getting cheaper, mm. we have more opportunities to experiment. And so a lot of guys are trying to, what if we put this commercial off-the-shelf products in a satellite and put it in space? How will it perform? And they found out that yeah, it's it's it, it works. works. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's slowly blurring. Uh, that's why you've seen uh, a spate of launches recently of uh, small satellites that has been even from countries that you wouldn't expect building one, because because uh, slowly space is being democratized. Uh, we're, we're having the capability to buy off-the-shelf products and put it in satellites and know that it will work. So that's... Uh, but then again, it's it's a matter of linking with industries and building products that, that we can use on our own satellite once we build it in the Philippines. And fingers crossed, we can launch in the Philippines as well. Uh, it's, we, we don't have a rocket launch facility yet, but... <laughs> I hope that uh, it's it's something that we'll have, if not within the decade or maybe in my lifetime. <laughs> and Laura, um, you're gonna definitely gonna be the project manager for the for that. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> project manager. If if this project goes well, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Uh, Edgar, sorry, uh, Edgar, would would you like to talk more about Philippine Space Agency? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, actually, so Diwata 1 and Diwata 2 were projects of our Department of Science and Technology. Back then, uh, we didn't have our own uh, space agency. Uh, and then our, uh, a law was signed uh, just last 2019. Uh, it's called the Philippine Space Act. Uh, it, meant, uh, it created, it established the Philippine Space Agency. So we're just, what, like two years? Two years old? And uh, so uh, uh, that's why uh, most of our team here are employed by DOST, while I went through the Philippine Space Agency. But of course, we're just one big umbrella of space guys in the Philippines. And uh, FILSA uh, it works very, very closely with the DOST, uh, with our satellites. And uh, but yeah, but that Philippine Space Act, that bill that was uh, made into law, uh, it mandated that the FILSA will be the key agency, the primary agency for everything about space. And uh, yeah, as, as, uh, as part of uh, our development area, so we have a plan, we have a vision. So one of them is uh, space industry and capacity building, just as what Lure said. And uh, there are other uh De development area, so not just in research and development, not just in industry, but also in uh, hazard management and climate studies, like how to use our images for uh, for uh, actionable data. 
we we also have uh, national security and development. So our our friends from the de defense uh, community or intelligence community can uh, can access our satellites and also uh, international cooperation so that uh, FILSA can now talk to uh, other space agencies such as NASA or ESA or the UK Space Agency. So yeah, we are still very young. So I think right now we are still forming the team. So that's why uh, most of us here are uh, employed by the USP because they were the ones who were set up first. Uh, but hopefully in the future, uh, we can have the FILSA running and uh, uh, yeah, we can continue to support the, these kinds of projects and hopefully fund more satellites in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think that last point that you make is really cool, you know, this, this collaboration um, and the idea that the Philippines yeah. is um, working alongside other institutions and also your point about democratizing space. I think that's really powerful. And, you know, we've just seen with Jeff Bezos heading into space and kind of his own, some would say, vanity project. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really cool that you guys are doing this. I think it's really, it says a lot that Filipinos now are in the space mm race you could say and yeah mm. they're developing their own satellites and i think that's really cool yeah yeah i can tell that you're from humanities <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about the international but yeah that's actually an overlooked uh, part of space because it's really literally global right so people uh countries have to work together to have a harmonious uh, environment in space all right so um do you guys have any final remarks or anything that you want to add uh, before we uh, before we end the podcast? Uh, let me start off by saying thank you for featuring us. <laughs> if I remember correctly, you you don't get a lot of scientists, uh, or maybe not. They're not really feature that much on, on these kinds of platforms but uh, hopefully this what what we uh, talked about today is something that that other Filipinos can hear and they'll be inspired especially if they're outside the Philippines that yeah we're, we're actually building something worth building <laughs> back in our country uh, in the future if, if all goes well and we're building our own satellites, all Filipinos are very much welcome to join the mm -hmm. effort. Uh, there are a lot of bright Filipinos abroad. Mm -hmm. you've, you've heard about the brain drain and, mm -hmm. and all that uh, unfortunate uh, things happening to, to our intellectuals moving mm -hmm. outside the country. But I think slowly through these kinds of efforts, I'm, I'm not singling out this project, but we're having a lot of projects as well in the Philippines, research projects that are very much welcoming to Filipinos outside of the country and moving back to the Philippines, sharing what they know uh, to our countrymen, to the Filipinos, and advancing what we have back at home. So, yeah, I think that's that's uh, my parting message. Maybe my, my teammates, do, do you have, want to add something? <laughs> Julie? Yeah. Well, okay. well, uh... I just want to plug our page, our page. <laughs> um, uh, so if you, if, uh, for our audience there, 
audiences there. Uh, if you want to follow uh, our activities, uh, just follow Stamina for Space program. That's uh, Stamina Number Four Space program on uh, major on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also the Philippine Space Agency. Uh, we are also in Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I think our uh, PR team is doing their best to you know uh, reach that. Filipinos can go into space and have that information uh, get uh, get out of there, especially to the Filipino masses, since uh, this may be an intimidating uh, area to work with. But yeah, uh, so follow us. And again, also thank you for having us. It's uh, We are having a great time. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with us. And we are very happy to participate in spreading the good news about uh, Philippine space research and uh, yeah and and i think we're done and um, thank you thank you so much and uh, we hope to see you again in one of our future episodes thank you for tuning in to our final episode we hope that you enjoyed learning about the mula satellite program and listening to our conversation with our promising young filipino scientists and engineers Please support their endeavor and share their research work with your family and friends. You may follow their work on their Twitter account at Stamina4Space, that's Stamina, number 4, Space. Please also follow the official Twitter account of the Philippine Space Agency, at PhilSpaceAgency. They are also active on Facebook and Instagram. Well, that's a wrap for our first podcast series. We will be back soon for more fun and insightful conversations. Stay tuned. Kita kits.